Hola, and welcome to Word to Your Mama, the podcast that amplifies diverse voices and celebrates shared experiences. Hosted by me, Ritzy P, a Latina creative entrepreneur with a background in art, music, and new web technologies. From Academy Award and Emmy winners to talented healers, passionate activists, innovative artists, and visionary builders, Word to Your Mama attracts a grip of dope individuals who embody the rich diversity of my multicultural tribe. There will be special guests, mad laughs, and absolutely no BS. Is there a chance this podcast could be explicit? Please believe it. Word to Your Mama drops every Monday. Today, we have Latina music industry veteran, Steph Guerrero. She's also founder of Go For Mars Consulting, and currently, she helps musicians commit to their fandoms, whether they are in the traditional music industry or in the Web3 ecosystem. So I met Steph pretty early on in my Web3 journey, since I come from the music industry, and it's always, you know, super important to me, and I wanted to see what was happening in this new ecosystem. But I just met Steph for the first time IRL at NFT NYC back in April, and then recently she was a speaker at our Hola Metaverso and University of Medellin two-day event called Futurista that happened uh, this past September. So in this episode, she'll speak on how it was being born in the U.S., then going to Ecuador during her formative years, then the culture shock when she returned to Miami during middle school, uh, a little bit more about being a woman in the music industry on the East Coast, her love-hate relationship with the music industry in general, the Web3 music scene as an introvert, and what currently excites her about the Web3 ecosystem, especially when it comes to music, and so much more. We also have questions and comments by the audience by Jade and Violet and Max Pretends. You'll hear more about that later on in the episode. So currently, we, record, we, we uh, recorded this maybe about a month or two ago. But when I do the intros, it's when it's about to drop. So currently I'm up north in beautiful Windsor, California, Sonoma County. And it's fall, guys, because I'm in the usually in the desert. So it's nice to be around the trees and the falling, you know, leaves and everything. But also not so nice because I'm allergic to everything native to California. So, you know, it's a little double-edged sword. So, yes, don't forget we get into this. Then the Supernatural Bear Corner, I think I'm going to keep it to Sweet Yams, right? We're in November and December. I think it's appropriate. Sweet Yams it will be. And then we go into outro. So yes, let's get into this. Muchisimas gracias for being here. It's a long time coming. Super excited to have this convo. Let's start the way we start every single convo on here. How are you doing? Como estas? I am doing great. I've started doing this gratitude journal. And so now every day I have prompts of what to be grateful for. And, you know, the little things definitely put a lot of life in perspective. You know, there's a lot of crazy things happening in the world. But, you know, as long as my coffee is warm in the morning and, you know, my kids are safe asleep, that's lots of things to be grateful for. So I'm doing great. Amazing. Great to hear. I finished a whole uh, gratitude journal earlier this year. And the the last one that I had, because I've had two so far in the past two years, 
It had prompts in the morning and prompts in the oh. evening. Do you have pro- no? Do you have prompts for? I just have the three prompts, um, which is enough for me, and I love it. Um, right. Um, and I think the reason I like this one is because it's quick. Because I had another one, and I wasn't as good about doing it every single day. But this one, it literally takes me five minutes. And some of the questions are, you know, who's somebody that made you smile today? And it's just one word, and it you definitely put things in perspective. And I appreciate. I appreciate having a quick thing rather than an open prompt. Um, sometimes it's it's harder for me to come up with an answer, but if it's just a one word thing, I can always fill it out. Yeah, same. Yeah, I think it's it was harder for me to do the evening thing, like to make time in the evening to kind of like think of the day, but the morning stuff, boom, 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 got it. Like it was like, like what is this? Same, similar thing. And you could be long if I wanted to or short. Yeah. Anyways, if you guys don't have a gratitude journal, get yourself one. I can send you links to whatever it's it, it really helps because I think when I started doing when my therapist was like oh you know kind of just write down I was just writing the same thing down every day yeah do you know yeah. what I mean and it was so I wasn't really thinking it I wasn't really feeling it so anyways I'm glad to hear you're doing well and that you started that and that it's helping you um super important so let's take a way back Steph where were you born and raised? Oh, I, so I was born here in Miami, Florida. Um, so always, always in the hot weather. Um, but I was actually taking my, so my dad was running a business in South America and his idea was to just kind of make the transition and move part of it here. Um, it didn't work out. So when I was very little, I did, so I did all of my elementary school in South America and Ecuador. Mm. Uh, yeah. And um, I think that's probably why my Spanish is a little bit, um, it's a little bit advanced because I was literally speaking it every day. And then um, as of sixth grade, no, seventh grade, I came here. And so I did the rest here back in Miami. I've always been a Miami girl. So, yeah. Nice. What? how was that being, you know, born here, going back, doing school there and then coming back here at that age, which is still a formative, the formative years. Was that like? culture shock or not so much because maybe your neighborhood was like all Latin like what was that like for you it was it was it's so crazy because it was culture shock but it was like I feel like in a second level because I already spoke English we always spoke English um somehow my dad made it so that we spoke English so I think my brother did have to do some ESOL but not not very long I think it was only for a year um so when we came here we knew English we knew I didn't know certain like you know slang terms that people were using so that's where I had a little bit of a culture shock the other thing is you know in in Ecuador my parents were very fortunate we were very privileged so we went to a private school and here we were going to a public school and you know the idea of like moving classes was new for me um Uh. also you know I like we were in a very sheltered space. So like, you know, none of the kids around me were being sexual or saying sexual things yet. And so all of a sudden I had this like huge culture shock, you know, um, you know, going to high school and seeing like pregnant students that like definitely shocked me. But it was um, but I you know what? I wouldn't trade it for the world in hindsight because it made me so much more open and accepting and, you know, just realizing how. Yeah, I, I knew in Ecuador how privileged I was. But I wasn't really walking with or living experiences with people who were completely living completely different lives than me. And when I came here to the U.S., I did get to have that. 
And yes, of course, I had a bunch of Latinos. The one joke that I had is that all my friends from Ecuador were always like, oh, you have all these guys with blonde hair, blue eyes. And I was like, what are you talking about? I'm in Miami. There's nobody that looks like here. Um, <laughs> and um, and it was so, so funny um, for, for, for them to like realize that. Um, so yeah, so there were there were some culture shocks, but it was in the second level. And then the other thing that I struggled with is because I wasn't an ESOL, the kids that were around me were not necessarily like, yeah, they were immigrants, so they were probably first generation, so they've been here their whole lives. So they weren't having that adjustment period that I was I did need to have because I needed to get used to all of these things. I didn't I didn't even know how to go to the cafeteria and get food because that's not <laughs> what I did in my school. So right. yeah, so some of that stuff was was a little bit of a culture shock, but um, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. I think my life experience definitely like made me well rounded. Yeah, for sure, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, you could have been bo- you could have been born here and had affluent, but the level I think because you were raised over there and you went to a private school. I'm sure it was like a different experience as far as like education yeah. and, and the, you know, speaking English, but you know, what you were learning and speaking at school was like next level. Um, I love that. Appreciate that. So, so Steph, so say you're at a, a party or you're at a, you know, a networking thing. Like Steph, what do you do? How do you answer that? today? Oh my gosh. I feel like it's such a fun question. I, I like to say currently I help uh, musicians commit to their fandoms and see their careers long-term. That's the answer I like to give. Um, how complex and how deep people want to get into that, then that's when, you know, I, I let them kind of choose that path for themselves. Right. If someone's like, tell me more, or what is that? Then you're like, oh, let me give you the whole. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I think it's fascinating that, you know, I definitely want to have a conversation with you for multiple reasons, but one of them is because we are women, women of color that come from the music industry. And I know, I think we, when we first met, I think I realized that when we were like 10 years removed, when I came out and worked for myself, I think you were still in it. So it's fascinating to me to find out you know, there's been other guests on here who are now, you know, directors, producers on more like the film or TV side, but we all met in music. What in your time of being in the music industry? And also there's a difference too, that I want to um, point out is that we were music industry, West coast, right? Labels, uh, concert promoters, all stuff like that. And you were, were you always, always East Coast? East yeah. Coast. Oh, East Coast. So I think that's another dynamic, Damien. But as a woman in music industry, traditional music, what how was your experience? Positive, negative, whatever? Like what give us like a brief summary of, of what that was like. What did you do? And and what what was that experience like? So I always worked in the marketing side of things, um, digital marketing, and um, that was my thing. It's always been my passion. I love technology and I love music. And where the two met, that's where I wanted to be. Um, So I want to say, you know, it was it's a complicated relationship. I have I have this love hate relationship with the music industry. I love it because I love music. I love it because I love musicians and there are some really great smart people um in in that system that are just 
they just think ahead and they're thinking of, you know, really building enriching experiences for fans, building value for fans, um, which I love. But, um, you know, there were there were downsides, obviously, you know, my career definitely took a big change after I had children, which I wasn't expecting it. And most of the time, even before I had children, I didn't think of myself of like, I am a woman in this position. Um, I, I just thought I, I had a free range to kind of answer back and say these things. And I realized um, that that wasn't necessarily, you know, perceived in such a friendly way. Either, you know, women thought I was putting them down because I was so assertive and aggressive or men kind of blew up any sort of reaction I would have, even though they would have meltdowns, like full on meltdowns, um, right. you know, but any reaction I had was, was crazy. So that definitely happened. And then to see also my coworkers, you know, get harassed and to have to, you know, stand there and smile because you have to keep that relationship and then kind of check in on them yeah. privately. Um, you know, it's, it's hard. It's, it's so tricky because you feel like you're betraying yourself all the time. You say, Hey, this is, right. this is not, you know, I'm not okay with this. I would never allow that, you know, and it's sometimes it's easy for you to set boundaries for yourself. But then when you see your teammates kind of, you know, be the ones that are the target of these things, it's, it's, it's hurtful. And, and there are some people that are untouchable in the music industry. Um, unfortunately, it takes a lot, a lot to take them down. And even then there are some men out there who have been, who have very credible accusations by multiple women and they're still, you know, running big companies. People are still hiring them. People want to work with them. So, um, so it's tricky, you know, but with all of that, I can't say I don't love it because I do. I, I don't, I have a hard time leaving the music industry. Every time I have left, I have not felt as fulfilled and as happy. So, right. Yeah. Everything that you said, I totally understand. I mean, I've given, you know, talks where I talk about we, as women, we behind the scenes kind of would trauma bond at my, when I was in it, it was like, it weren't, there were less women and, and, you know, even few in, in leadership roles um yeah and it's it's always like but I love this shit but you know what it's the tricky thing right and it's not just the music industry it's every yeah. fucking industry like I mean it's always like does this align what what is my boundary when can I step up blah 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 and you know I'm I'm a little bit hopeful that someone just I think she just went to she's she just I don't know if you saw she's um she's suing I think like the people around Harvey Weinstein like CAA like she's going after as like you know yeah. the people around that enabled and I think we need more of that shit yeah. right slowly but surely taking taking people down so you know you made this transition and the way I know you is through the web3 ecosystem so how did that happen for you how did you get into it and what made you decide I'm going to stay within music, do what I love and go into that? Um, I don't think I ever thought of leaving music when I came into Web3, but I was already curious about, you know, just the technology or whatever from working at, at labels. You know, I was I was very curious, like what's going on here? Because I saw that, you know, all these artists were selling this very limited run nfts and they were you know they were selling out so quickly and they were in the beginning of when i came in everyone was still making money so it was nice right. um 
And, and I was working with an artist who was super talented. She had this super dedicated fan base that I was just enamored by the, the whole relationship. You know, she created every piece of merch that, you know, the merch company that worked with her made was more and more insane. I couldn't, there were some items that I was like, this is so stupid. Nobody is going to buy this. And sure enough, it would sell out every single time. I'm like, this is not practical. You need to use this in certain conditions. Nope. Every time it would sell out. So after a few of those, I thought, okay, let's, um, let's figure out what else, what other products can we sell? And back then she wanted to give a percentage of her royalty income as part of the NFTs too, which I thought was amazing. Um, but, you know, working at labels, it's like, okay, let's figure it out. I figure, I found some vendors once we have some vendors. So when, you know, we tried to figure out how we're going to launch the project because she wanted to do the royalty thing. You know, we had the finance team and the legal team asking questions, you know, by the time everything got around um, and we had some people that were okay with it, the finance team finally said, nope, we're not going to do this. We're not going to set up a wallet. This is not a thing that we're interested mm. in um, right now. And, you know, unfortunately we missed out, but that was like the first kind of bug that, that I got, you know, where I got really curious mm. about what it was. And then, um, yeah. And then in, 20, in June of 2021, the label I was working with, um, shut down. Um, it was like a sub label of, of a label, a bigger label that I was in. And I, I did get offered to make like a lateral or even a demotion, but around that time, I also had some personal family things going on that I wanted to take care of. So you know, I opted for just leaving and trying to charter this new world. Um, and so I did. And, you know, then I just went head in first. I literally started cold DMing people, um, messaging people on LinkedIn, like, hey, you have this company. I have some connections. How can I help you? Let's teach me as much as possible. I met the wonderful people at Water and Music, which is a great community that does investigative things, investigative reports on what's going on in music and technology. And uh, I learned a ton from them. Um, and then I've just, I've literally been networking, I think, in, in from the digital sense. And this is the most I've networked in my entire life. Because even right. when I was at Labels, I was just, I'm an introvert. Like, that's what I do. But in Web3, there's like a way for introverts to do this in a way that's not exhausting to us. Because we don't physically have to be around people. We can just speak with right. them in spaces. or um, And so that's really helpful. And this is the most I've networked. and. I believe that the most talented musicians right now are working in Web3 because it is so complicated and it's such a heavy lift to learn that someone who respects learning something like that must also have a lot of respect for their craft. And so that's why I'm, I'm excited and I've been working in, in the space since. I love that. When I, when I enter the space and, you know, since I did work in the music industry and it's always been something that I'm super passionate about. I was like, oh, who are the people in this space, in the in the Web3 music space? And like every, at the time, it, we, I, we, I think we both entered at a time where, in the ecosystem at a time where it was just like, everybody was making money, everything was happening, everyone was good moods. And um, I, I was going in, there was Twitter spaces for days. And so I'd go in there into the music, the Web3, anything that said Web3 music, music, but whatever. whatever you're always in there. And I was like, oh, shit, you know, here's a woman. She's always in these spaces. She's always speaking, co-host or whatever. And then I looked you up. I was like, oh, shit, she worked in the music industry. So that's why I was like, let me try to connect. And we did. And, you know, now here we are. But I feel you. I 
I think especially in the music industry, you know, everyone knows your positions. You go, you, it's not really networking as much as like you're at a position already and it's like everyone's just helping each other. But now in this ecosystem, because since we all work for ourselves, basically, you know, I've been working for myself since 2006, but it is a different thing. Like I've networked the most I've ever in life. But because also it's conducive to doing that, like you said, if you're introvert or not, people are open. They are accepting your DMs. And I think that's one thing that a lot of people that are not in this ecosystem don't really realize. Like we're reaching out to, I'm reaching out to the person directly, not through an assistant. It's a DM, like direct access to these people so that we can make these connections and build these relationships. Um, So what are you currently excited about being in this space right now for musicians? Do you want to support original content that supports diverse voices? Why not support Word to Your Mama? You're listening to it right now. Become a patron. Head over to patreon.com slash WTYM. There are four patron levels to choose from, including Good Looking Out, I'm Down, Hell Yeah, and Please Believe It. Benefits include patron shoutouts, exclusive patron-only content, and so much more. Head on over to patreon.com slash WTYM to take your support to the next level. Gracias. Many of us have heard of the devastating passing of Hurricane Fiona through Puerto Rico, but not many of us know of ways, or better yet, trustworthy ways to help and contribute to those in need. Fiona a Través de los Ojos de los Niños is an NFT project featuring art made by children of the nonprofit school Flor de Loto in Ponce, Puerto Rico. Through their drawings, they've expressed their feelings and fears which they went through the hurricane. You can help these children, their school, families, and communities by minting one of their NFTs at helppr.xyz. You can also help by sending crypto directly to their wallet listed on the website or do a donation through PayPal. The links can be found in the description. And to learn more about this initiative and how you can help, please visit helppr.xyz or via Twitter at helpprflm. So I feel like when I entered the space, it was all about like launch a project, make some money, and this is how you're going to move in your career. And then it shifted to getting people to do patronage and invest in music. And that was nice. And then, you know, for a little bit in the summer, we shifted to just changing marketing terms so that we can attract a bigger audience and mass adoption. And, but that obviously didn't, didn't work. Um, the one thing I will say as a marketer is that the people in Web3 space, we're, they're not, they're not great marketers because we're so in our heads and this, this is very technical. It's very heavy. Um, I'm finally doing the Shifai cohort, which if anyone doesn't know about it, um, Shifai is a nice. great, um, a great um, kind of educational sense to so just get the basics because yes, I know a lot about, you know, the web three space, but there's some things that maybe I just kind of missed or I just kind of understood and I didn't look into it. And this is a great way to learn. And in that cohort, like I've seen some women put the feedback, like, this is so technical. This is too much, even though it's literally educational and that's what we're supposed to be doing. So I feel like, yeah, in the Web3 space, we're just terrible marketers. And so someone thought like a rebrand was like the way to get more people in, which obviously did not work. Um, 
And now I feel like we're just in a space where everyone's just kind of experimenting and doing their thing. I personally believe that what excites me the most about Web3 is that I feel like the blockchain and NFTs are going to be a great way to validate what is real or who generated what music, especially with AI coming on one side. Mm. That's a great way to track like, hey, this was generated mm. by a person. This was generated by an AI. One. But two, it's the best way to do relationship management, because right now for any musical artist, you you have buckets of data, but you don't have kind of and all-encompassing holistic data. You're not able to see, hey, this is my fan who stayed up until midnight and listened to my album. Maybe I want them to be at the head of the line to buy the tickets to my concert because that's the kind of, you know, dedication that that I want to reward them to. So like, now that they've done this, I can do that. There's no way to do that. But the best way to do this, I think, will be with the blockchain, right? Because if you're able to give these people tokens and before they do any action, they just kind of sign with their wallet so you can verify that they have the token. You can see like, hey, these are the tokens that are being active. How can I reward them? Whether you want to mm. give them, you know, like maybe you want to give them an, a soulbound NFT, which will give them forever a fixed price on tickets to your concerts, which I know that would like blow uh, blow up. And you know that they're soulbound, so they're not going to be given to anyone. Or maybe you want to, you know, give them like something, something extra, something special. You want to invite them to a special party that you're doing um, to preview your album. Those are the things that excite me about the blockchain because you will have this holistic data and visibility. And I know certain platforms are giving access, um, you know, like Ticketmaster with Avenged Sevenfold, they allowed them to, you know, token gate or token gate the priority of ticket buying. So um, those are the things that like excite me now because I feel like instead of us focusing on like how much money this is going to be, and I definitely think it's still going to make money and it's going to come back. There's a bull run coming. Um, right. What excites me, it's like, hey, let's not even think about the money. Let's think about just like relationship management in a way that really makes sense. Because right now with social media, with everything, one, artists are competing against the algorithm. Artists, you know, right. they're competing with each other. Whereas here, everyone, every artist can be a platform. There's no algorithm if you're the platform. Just the people come to you and then maybe, yes, if they want to use something like a streaming partner or whatever to mix and match and listen to all types of music, that's fine. But when they want to interact with you, they're going to go to you. And that's what that's what I think is going to be really cool in the future. Yeah, that's great points. I see all that potential. You're right. I think. And then I think the quality of the music or the projects is even different, right? Because they're not thinking of, if, you know. They're not really thinking of the money. They're thinking of like new solutions outside of the box types of things of how you can use the blockchain, right? And the how creating a better experience. And I think that's a even better way, a, a new way that they weren't able to nurture their audience, right? Yeah. Because it was just like, oh, likes and follows, maybe give them like a pre-sale code. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Exactly. Like certain things like like that's it. Like it's very limiting, but this there's there's so many options and and possibilities and it's exciting to see you know be in the spaces and hear what people are doing, witness what people are doing, be a part of it. Like, you know, I just bought um uh Nessie and Snoop's thing and awesome. you know seeing like what's happening there and see also and I I think I don't know we might have mentioned this before, but I like there's how it's in you know traditional music as well, but it, I love the community in the cross genres 
that's ha- happens a lot seems to happen a lot more you know like it's happening over here especially with the young kids they're really you know but to really mesh crazy genres completely i love seeing that and and meshing it in a way that's good like yeah. that's quality that's not just doing it for doing its sake and stuff like that so um okay so let's Steph, let's get into the questions and comments from the audience okay okay <laughs> this is this says and i'll say who it's from i think steph is extremely great for the space she shows up on a consistent basis and always is in the interest of the artist genuinely with no other ulterior motives, which is very rare to find. This was by Jaden Violet, a musician slash founder. Amazing, you know, young whippersnapper in the space making major waves. Yeah, I think. Jay, I mean, and what's great about Jaden too is that he he he's the same. Um, one privilege that I've had is, um, yes, I've worked with certain projects, but I have always kind of, at the end of the day, worked for myself and worked for the artists. So um, for me, I have seen how hard artists work, and honestly, the success of all of the platforms—Spotify, YouTube—none of that would work without the effort of the artists. Right. And I have seen them work very hard to promote these platforms because they want to have outlets for them to succeed. Right. Um, And only to have that, like not necessarily benefit in the end or, you know, um, Spotify or whatever streaming platform, you know, they've, they've kind of painted themselves into a corner by, by providing all of the music at one set price. And, you know, in hindsight, you know, I'm, I'm trying to make sure we don't repeat that mistake because that's what always happened. Right. Like we thought we said, hey, iTunes is going to save us from piracy. Then Spotify is going to save us from piracy. And, you know, we just kept going and going. And instead of thinking like, what if we don't what if we don't put all our eggs in one basket? What if we just like diversify a little bit? So that's and that's kind of my my reasoning behind not necessarily. Um working for one thing is because I still want to make sure that we, we support um, the artists and the fans too. Right. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jaden, for that. He throws, you know, I'll have a link to his stuff. He throws amazing events. And so the next one says, um, one thing I love about Steph is that she is unapologetically herself and very few people, you can't take that. If very few people are, and you can't take that away from them. And Steph is definitely one of those people. And then the question they asked is, why are you such an Assassin's Creed nerd? <laughs> and this is by musician, songwriter, activist, um, godmother extraordinaire, Max Pretends. Yes, I love Max. Um, I don't know. I mean, I used to play a lot of, um, I used to play video games a ton before I had children. Um that was my thing. You know, I just, my Xbox was like, me and my Xbox in my room was like the best, especially after when you work in the music industry, you expend a lot of energy throughout the day. So like to just have some alone time and just like think and do something that felt productive to me. Cause I was like furthering the story. Um, so yeah. And I loved Assassin's Creed. It was just beautiful. Cause it combined history. The score was also really nice. Um, it, it was like, good cinematography like i really love that game um and i'm sad that i stopped playing after i think i've stopped playing after three so i have to i have to get back on it definitely i have to but i have to buy a new system and i don't think i have because 
you know, when you have kids, you're, you're fi- fighting with them over the system. So maybe, yeah. maybe I can have one and hide it in my room. And then that way we'll, we'll be able to play again. Yeah. I think, I think that should be in the cards for you in the near, very near future. Yeah. So what, how do you stay abreast of the li- two questions, two part question. What are your favorite genres that you're rocking heavy with right now? Mm-hmm. And how do you go about finding new music? Um, my favorite genres right now. I mean, I, w- I will always love reggaeton because I feel like that was like most of my career that I worked with reggaeton artists. Um, and I, I just like listening to what the people like. And I feel like reggaeton is like the voice of the people. Right. Um, so to me, that's super important. Um, and I will always listen to reggaeton. Plus, it's just a party. And who doesn't love to party? Um, and then the other genre that I'm in, I guess it's synth pop. Because I've just gone. And that's just like Web3. There's like a couple of synth pop Web3 artists that I've just fallen in love with um, that I keep listening to. Um, there's one called uh, Zand. His handle is at Zand for short. And he's doing these like live songwriting camps where people can kind of tune in and watch him just put a song together. And then the next day, if you buy his token, the next day you have access to like a streaming platform to listen to these demos of of the songs that are going to be finished. And so, yeah, so I've been obsessing with that, but that's a very like specific experience. Um, How I discovered him was literally through spaces mentioned. Someone said, Hey, there's this artist performing on this discord show and then I went on their Discord. I listened and I was like, what is happening right now? This is blowing my mind. Um, and I really love this idea of just busking, um, you know, but like in a digital platform. Um, I love that. Um, so that's how I've been discovering some artists. Another way that I've been discovering is literally I did what um, Jamie Cornelia posted a video on this on TikTok um, explaining what she did. Yeah. Explaining what she did, but she basically started just only going after and playing videos that have less than a thousand views of musicians. Mm. And I did something very similar where there used to be this, this like YouTube channel called love Logothek. It's still around. But that I used to just watch it and then Mahogany Sessions. And I went down that rabbit hole again because I used to watch it so much. I was like, let me watch more of this and more of this and more of that. And what ended up happening is I just ended up getting these like kind of acoustic, folky kind of videos of music that I like and discovering new people, um, you know, revisiting some artists that I loved in the past. And I never got to, you know, I kind of just fell off with them. Um, So that's helped me a ton. But yeah, that's that's how I try to discover music really on YouTube. It, it works well. TikTok used to be nice. But then what happened to me is I got burnt a couple of times, you know, like I, I listened to a few songs and I was like, oh, this is really catchy. Let me go listen to it. And then when I heard the song, it, yeah. they, I could tell they wrote it for TikTok, you know, so right. there was like that Same hook thing. was amazing. But then the rest of the song was not as memorable. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's so sad. So then I stopped using TikTok for discovery. I switched back to YouTube because YouTube yeah. has, has the goods. Yeah, it does have the good. So you have a longer thing. They can't fake the funk. You have to really, yeah. really have reel them in and, and get them hooked in for a long period of time and stuff. No, that's fascinating because, you know, I don't know if you were on on the dip top when they were asking people, you're younger than me, but they're asking people like my generation, um, how do you find new music, if at all? Because a lot of us are, you know, I'm not guilty, but a lot of us are just like, 
sticking to the old school stuff and not caring about the. But I think it's because I love music so much. It's because I come from the music industry. I'm always like, what is the new stuff? What, I want to be inspired. I want to see what's happening. Like revisit old shit. But also I get invigorated by the new shit and what's, you know, what the new kid, what the kids are doing now. And, and that it still does it for me. Right. So like right before the pandemic, when we shut down, like I went to go see an artist with my niece who was in college at the time she graduated already. But, um, you know, I was just like, I'm going to pretend like I'm taking you, but it's, you're really going to be like me. So I don't look like the crazy old lady at the, at yeah. the concert and stuff. But I love that, you know, you're, if you were on the West coast, I think we would have been fast friends because the people that, yeah. uh, that I'm their family to me now that I met in the music industry, the the thing that we have in common, we, we went into the music industry cause we love music and it didn't, sh- it didn't change. Cause you, we know people that got into the music industry because I love music, but then it was like, oh, business, bottom line, da da da. You know what I'm saying? And for us, I think what we have in common is it's just always quality. How can the artist benefit? What's the experience for us? Because we're the audience too, right? And I want to have a great experience. So, okay, let's get into the not so uh, rapid fire questions, the AKA slow as hell questions. Steph, are you ready? I am ready. Let's do it. <laughs> Three words to describe yourself. Um, oh, man. I know this. Um, okay. <laughs> I, it's funny because I always change it, but I will say I'm a mom first and foremost. Um, and I would say that in the most well-rounded way. Like, I feel like I'm a mom of all of these artists, too, that I work with. True. Right. Um, so, yeah. So, I'm a mom. I am um, nonstop um, because that's my life. It's just nonstop. (laughs) And I would say I am inspired. Those are the three, the three words I'm going to, I'm going to choose. I love that. Okay. What's the best piece of advice you've received? Nobody will care what you have to say unless they feel that you care about them. Mm. Um, Best advice ever. Um, and that's what I tell everybody here in web three. Like, I don't care how brilliant your idea is or how much data you have to back up your idea. Nobody cares unless you make them feel that you care about them to begin with. Right. It has to be authentic. It has to be genuine for sure. Yeah. What song is one of your go-to hype songs when you need it? Um, I think in Barranquilla me quedo, it's like. As soon as you hear the little, dun, 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 like you're like, yes, let's do it. Let's get to it. So yeah, I'm going to go with that one. That's the one that like, you know, the party started as the song goes on there. It starts playing. So. Amazing. We will definitely add that to the Word to Your Mama guest hype list song playlist. I always forget the name of the title of the playlist, but I have a link to that. And you'll it's like four hours, all kinds of music from everyone that's been on here since we started. So that definitely will be on there. It'll be a link to the top. So the final question, what will be your legacy? I hope my legacy is that every artist that I've worked with truly, truly builds for their fans and cares about their fans. Um, and that they're not, you know, that they don't think like, how much money can I pull out of them? I don't, I don't want these dollar numbers based on fans. I want this idea of, 
I really gave my fans a good experience right. so that the fans also feel like, yes, I spend my money on this, but I got value out of it. And so that's, that's my, I hope that's my legacy. Amazing. I think you're already there. Like, you know, Jaden and Max have stated you're, you're about, you're a quality person, authentic, and is about the artist. I think that's a formula to win, you know, for, and you're already there with your legacy already. So Steph, what are you working on? Where can people find you? What should people consider? What do you want the people to know? Okay, here we go. So I got a couple workshops. Um, one workshop that I have is like a basic, just intro to Web3. If you're a music artist and you've never been in the space or done anything, just I have this little workshop. I put one together. Really, I put together a couple of people that want to do it. And once I have enough people, I just do it. I do that completely for free with some help of some sponsors, obviously, that help me kind of provide it. Um, so yeah, as soon as I have enough people, we'll get together on a Zoom. I'll go over certain things, what it is that you need. I will go through a process of collecting something so that you know exactly what your fan experience is as well. So that I, I put together. And also, if anyone wants me to kind of give this workshop for your company, I can obviously do that as well. Then I have another workshop on just um, data collection and why that's very important and how that can translate on the blockchain. Mm -hmm. um, oftentimes, I've talked to a lot of startups that are thinking, I'm like, we're going to give this to the artists. We're going to give this to... To artists, we know this is what they're looking for. Um, and they're losing sight that really the customer base is going to be the fans. Um, so what are what are the goods you're going to provide to the fans? Like, what is the end consumer really going to want? This is not a B2B thing where you're like um, selling to artists because, yes, artists are going to come, but the artists are going to want to know how is this going to help my fans. So right. that's another workshop I do. And then I do a keynote, keynote on just building your fandom. Um, so if you want to book me for that feel free um all three um, are my part of my public speaking side i also have consulting so if you want to hire me i do one-off consulting you don't have to pay me a retainer forever if you don't want to literally pay me for a couple hours i'll sit with you we'll put it together playlist pitching is one of my favorite things to do to <laughs> sit together and just look at what playlists we're going to pitch for so if you want to do that again hit me up it's all on my website stephguerrero.com um, working on that. Still also working uh, with Legato, which is a music licensing on-chain platform. Um, and it just lets you create a link so that people can license your music. Oftentimes, um, music supervisors or whoever wants to use music, they hit dead ends because they're not able to find this. Right. Um, so Legato just helps you create a link um, that you can put anywhere and um, through, our, through our app called Unsigned. You can put the link anywhere, like on your YouTube descriptions, on if you want to put it on your link aggregator, whatever, where you want to put it, put it in there so that people can reach you. And if they want to license their music, it just creates an email. Um, you can use our platform if you want to also create the license if you don't want to go through the process of hiring a lawyer because it's very, very pricey and expensive. Um, and, you know, yeah, we have some templates there that you can use, license your music, and hopefully that'll help independent musicians get their music license. Um, and the last little project that I'm working on is this video game called Soundromeda um, that it's still very much in, in the development sites, but um, it's like a music consumption video game, which I think is an exciting, um, exciting new, new way of, of looking at it. Um, cannot wait. If you're an artist and you're interested in participating or something like this, hit me up. I will send you a link <clears throat> so then you can sign up and be one of the first artists to have a, a sort of a world created around your creations. 
That's amazing. So when is that going to be done and available for people? Um, I mean, we're still in the building process it. of it. Um, so we do have some video that, to show you. And there is kind of like a working demo, but it's, I would say, even pre-alpha at this moment. <laughs> um, but definitely something, you know, if, if you're an artist and want to check it out, um, I think I love this idea of creating a new product around your music that is not just, you know, the stream, the music video. Like, what if you can create something that was really immersive and interactive? And that's what excites me about about this project. And going back to Legato, um, is that on chain, off chain, both? So everything is, it's both. Um, it would be on chain. If we do create on chain licenses, um, which you will sign by basically signing with your wallet. And then the other party will also have to sign using a wallet. Um, but what happens when someone clicks on the link is you get an email that says, hey, this person is interested in licensing your music. and you know, from then you have two ways to go. You can go with us or you can, you know, go the other way. Sometimes you have a collaborator that, you know, needs a full, the full negotiation and, and lawyer thing. And, and we understand that. That's why you have those options. But awesome. yeah, that's legato. Good to know. Well, muchísimas gracias, Steph. I appreciate you. Everything that she mentioned, I'll have links in the show notes. And, uh, you know, I look forward to everything that you're working on and the artists that, you know, um, you are working with. So I'm excited to see you again, hopefully soon. I just saw you, you know, last month in Medellin, Colombia, and that Love was it. great. So muchísimas gracias. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me. I loved being here. <laughs> Thank you. And now introducing the Supernatural Bear Corner. Supernatural bear. This song goes out to all the people who love yams. Hit it! Can I get to the yams? Sweet yams. Show me the way. Cause I got bills to pay. Yes. There you have it, folks. That's Steph Guerrero. Very interesting. She's definitely one to watch in this space. And I'm excited to see what happens with people she's working with and Jaden and Max Pretends that are also veterans in the space as far as Web3 music. And then Sweet Yams, man, every time. That was good times when the Supernatural Bear and I recorded it, laughing all the way. It was hard to get through a take. And then listening to it while we're editing, when I was doing the, like all that stuff, hilarious. And then the highs and just, you know, just having good times, folks. Just good times. Okay, so don't forget we're in November. You got people to shop for. Head on over to the Word to Your Mama store. We got, you know, T-shirts. We got pens. We got tea towels. We got all kinds of things. We even have, like, printables on demand if you want. You know, you like the design, but you want to print it on your own stuff at home to fit whatever size. We got that, too. We got that, too. And that's only, like, five bucks. So that's a good way to support this podcast. And as always, you can 
Tell your folks, tell your peeps, tell your friends. You become a patron, as you heard in the promo earlier. You could also buy a whiskey via Buy Us a Coffee. And let's remember, we're not free until everybody's free. And as always, we reap. Word to Your Mama is owned and produced by Ritzy P. Intro Beat, produced by Nico Beats. If you want to know more, I want to email us. You want to get the media kit, go head over to wordtoyourmama.com. Word to Your Mama is now part of the Latina Podcasters Network. And as always, Word to Your Mama is brought to you by ritzyperrywinkle.com. Make sure to follow Word to Your Mama on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you stream your podcast, or download the Latina Podcasters Network app.